it's like all the hobbies that we had, like photography or doing blogging, those have all been affected by this pressure to monetize and make it a hustle and I think it's you know for a lot of different reasons I think situationally like we're paying off student loans you know we're trying to like pay off our rent and um but it's sad I think that millennials have lost hobbies just doing things for fun yes This is Tea Talk. So we're super <laughs> excited today because as you can see, we have an amazing special guest. And if you follow either one of us on Instagram, you might also follow this amazing lady. Uh, her name is Emily A. Young, and she is what she calls a former micro-influencer. <laughs> no longer one. But we're really excited to bring her on because she's also uh, a graduate student at USC studying PR in digital marketing. Mm -hmm. And so she has a really unique perspective as a former influencer and now somebody who's really studying the art of like digital influencing. That's insane to me. Right. Because (laughs) Alyssa and I grew up in a time where internet was first invented. Like we grew up in a world where we didn't have digital influence. Like that was not really a thing. No, like social media came about when we were in like late high school. So yeah, we didn't even get on Instagram until like well, I didn't get Instagram until like maybe senior year of college. Yeah. Yeah. I was like older than you. Yeah. And I now she's Instagram. studying it as a graduate <laughs> degree. So it's so cool to have her on the show because she has such a really value, like a valuable um, perspective as somebody who is in the space, but now somebody's like studying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm and really, then consciously yeah. leaving the space. Yeah. So we're going <laughs> to spill the tea on her experience and just share more about the world of, of being a micro-influencer and what that's like and and some of the downsides but also plus sides of mm-hmm. it. So do you want to introduce yourself to our folks other than what I said? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Emily Aeyong. Um, my real name is Emily Sean, and I was born and raised in L.A. Um, I'm Korean-American, and I, yeah, I just left the Instagram micro-influencer world, and I wrote an article about it on Medium. Yeah, so let's, <laughs> let's talk about a little bit more about that. I think you kind of, it was ironic because when you wrote that you kind of blew up yeah <laughs> it was it was really bizarre because yeah. I gotten more followers and more engagement than I had in a while yeah more than when I was like consciously trying to get that mm-hmm. um yeah I was not expecting that kind of response it was really just supposed to be a personal memoir about why I was leaving the space and uh, I was not expecting so many people to resonate with it mm-hmm. but I'm really glad that I put it out there what was your like initial reasoning Right. So actually, it started as a paper for class about. Oh, okay. um, oh that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so we we actually have um, a lot of like influencer relation classes in my program, uh-huh. um, and so I was writing a paper on micro influencers and just you know how it's more difficult than people realize, just the amount of work and effort that goes into it, and how much of the work is actually unpaid. Mm. And so then it became just very personal for me, and it, a lot of my stresses with the industry came out, and I really realized that it wasn't making me happy anymore. I think we okay. actually need to backtrack yeah. because yeah. micro-influencing for us, like, we know that what that is, but maybe some of the people actually don't know what that is. So yeah. how would you describe what being a micro-influencer is to somebody who has never heard of that term? Right. Um, so I would say it's anyone with, um, I would say, a decent-sized following. Uh, maybe, like, 
maybe like a thousand to ten thousand followers and it's just really about I don't know how would I describe it I I mean like part part of it and the part that I was resisting against was collaborating with brands Mm. and like sharing sponsored content but I realized that truly I think being a micro influencer is not about that and it's really about having an engagement with the people who are following you and really sharing stuff and having that resonate with people and that's really what an influencer means to me yeah but I think in today's world like a lot of people associate being an influencer with brand sponsorships with making sure you're promoting a product or that or that's kind of the bad rap that I think that people assign to being an influencer Mm -hmm. that you're constantly just like pushing products on people exactly um and that's one side of it right like brand sponsorships are definitely a part of being a micro influencer but I like the fact that you're sort of redefining what that means because I think all of us at the table like agree that for us like that term holds more meaning than like being a brand partner right Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. for us like we love sharing our truths and like really building a genuine community with folks about like authentic topics yeah and like that's what influencing is like genuinely doing good in this world and like whether that's and it's so hard because like how do I do good in a photo right like I'm posting a photo and a caption but so long as I feel like I'm authentically sharing my story Mm -hmm. and connecting with people then then that's my good right and that like that enough is should be enough but the world of micro influencing kind of sucks you in Agreed. And, like, we want to talk about that because yes. people don't yeah. know what this world looks like and what the kind of the dark side can be. Right, exactly. And I think when I first stepped into this space, too, um, I was I was looking to speak my truth, right? And then that's I think that's how I connect with both of you. Like, you guys both talk about, like, your truths and your experiences and you have very meaningful captions. I'm pretty sure, like, one of my first... The first photo that I liked of you is when you were wearing this shirt. Oh my gosh! Ironically, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one not wearing it today. But yeah. <laughs> and then she talked about like what it meant to you, or I don't know why I'm referring to her in the third person. <laughs> what it meant to you to be like Asian American mm-hmm. and like your identity and everything. And I, I thought that was like just very powerful. And I was like, oh, I never really encountered. Um, like other people in this space who like talk about these things and then eventually like the community grew mm-hmm. to like for me like finding all of these people um, but then as our following grows people like brands start reaching out to you and then you kind of get caught up in you the do. whole like yes. glitz and glam and you're like oh my god I get free like, stuff it's so right. fun mm-hmm. and, exactly. but then you get caught up in the battle of like constantly feeling like you have to keep up with that mm-hmm. in order to get brand sponsorship mm-hmm. sponsorships or be seen as a valid influencer like yes. if you're not partnering with a brand are you really in like an influencer yeah. mm-hmm. I know I felt that especially in like the fashion space like that you constantly have to have like a new outfit mm-hmm. right or be wearing the latest Mm -hmm. trend and that's like super exhausting yeah and honestly like I'm still trying to find my balance with that because I love fashion but I don't want to just promote something just because Because. and then and then I feel like in the beginning I started just like I just said yes to all of them because I'm like oh my god I get free stuff and then and then every time I post I'm just like why does it feel weird and I realized I don't even like what I'm promoting Mm -hmm. right why am I promoting it absolutely I think we've all had one of those moments where we're (laughs) like why are we really promoting this product or like why exactly this lotion (laughs) this watch which I'm sure the brand you already know (laughs) (laughs) whoops and so let's talk more about what people don't see Mm -hmm. right and and as somebody who is a creator what sort of pressure do you think what pressures do we have 
uh, as a content creator and as an influencer that people might not see. Right. Um, I mean, from the start, like how much work goes into a single post, whether it's like spending an hour getting ready, going to the shoot location, collaborating with photographers, and then like doing all the copy for your posts and then feeling the pressure of having to analyze the engagement rates of it and seeing, oh, how is my post performing? Like, how is this going to look to brands? Or how does it even make me feel? I feel like I'm constantly looking at Instagram stories. Who's viewing it? How many people? Mm, What are they clicking on? And that's just a lot of pressure that goes on to micro-influencers. And I definitely, like, I wish I could say I'm completely removed from this whole, like, idea of, like, not placing value on numbers. But the reality is, is I'm not. Yeah. Like, if a post doesn't do well, I'm always like, ugh, why? Like, people don't like my content anymore or whatever. And then I have to stop myself Mm -hmm. from that dangerous line of thinking of being like, you're no longer valued because people aren't liking your photo or whatever, you know? Exactly. And it's scary because I am somebody that really knows my value. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to Instagram, I have to say, like, it really does mess with, like, my own internal thinking. For sure. And I I think... um, you, you kind of, like, get sucked into it, right? Even if you don't want to think that way, you just... Everyone's thinking that way, mm-hmm. and you're kind of, like, you're caught in the rat race. Right. Right. Definitely. I think that, like, from a brand strategy point of view, mm-hmm. like, having a post perform not well is just, like, oh, okay, so here's what we're going to change for next time. But because we're, you know, micro influencers, it feels so yeah. personal. Yeah. yeah. And so it's hard to disconnect from that, and it, it really does weigh on you. Yeah. yeah. So how did you come into this like influencer space because for some people it's like a conscious choice like Mm -hmm. uh, for me to be Mm -hmm. honest I started my blog like a public account Mm -hmm. knowing that I would be like searching to build like a community or like a following Mm. from scratch and like I kind of knew like that was what you were doing is like you were like building this a public account to like be a quote-unquote influencer um not that I ever like really thought of myself as one but I knew like by nature of having a blog and Mm -hmm. starting a public account you're inviting people to join right right so, like, did you transition, like, a personal account into this? Or did you just kind of, like, I don't know. Like, how did it start for you? Yeah, actually, it was completely a personal account. Okay. Um, I just, I went to a really cute cafe one time. And, <laughs> and I was like, this is really cute. Like, I want my Instagram to be more aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. It was literally just a conscious choice to make my Instagram more pretty, just for me. Right. Um, and then people started following. And I didn't really understand why random people were following me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. really confusing as, like, a non-influencer right. to have, like, strangers follow Because you're just like, do, do I know you? Yeah, no, yeah. At, at first it's Who like, oh, you? stranger danger, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, And then as I was gaining more followers, a shampoo brand reached out to me, and they are like, hey, can we send you some products? And I was like, what? Like, yeah. what is this? And it was just kind of curiosity that drew me into it, but um, I actually found a influencer collective called Palm. I don't oh, know if you guys know I, yeah, That was probably the first one I joined, but right. I never did anything with them because right. I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. And so I met a lot of people in that community Mm -hmm. and just people who were doing lots of collaborations. And it became kind of a fun thing for me. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, it felt like they're giving you a little mission. Like you go out somewhere and you take a picture Mm -hmm. and then you get stuff in return. And then, yeah, (laughs) it started out very fun. Mm -hmm. Like a creative outlet. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's where we always, like we genuinely start. Like it is a creative outlet. It is fun yeah but it quickly takes a turn into this obsession right you're like I yeah. have to create content exactly I have to keep growing exactly. I have to keep getting likes like otherwise I'm not gonna be like relevant anymore yeah. or whatever and that irrational like fear and pressure that we put on ourselves is and it's not just ourselves it's like the culture of yeah you know, it's, Instagram yeah, yeah it's all of Instagram yeah is I think what 
is the toxic side. Absolutely. Okay, so at what point did creating content turn from fun, creative outlet to, like, not fun and almost like a burden? Right. Um, So I think that it was probably sometime last year, and I was in the process of a very long collaboration with a brand, and at some point it just felt like such an obligation it was like oh no I have to shoot more of this like Mm. oh I just have to go out and get this done it was not fun anymore it just felt like something I had to do and that was forcing because I didn't feel like I was genuinely excited about the product I felt like I was kind of selling out Mm -hmm. um I felt like felt like work it felt like work Mm -hmm. um exactly and I and I totally like resonate with that because again this was a creative outlet when I started Mm -hmm. but then it became this like side hustle oh I figured out I can make money from like things so then it kind of creates that like fire in you to keep doing Mm -hmm. more of that but then there becomes this like point where it's like it's no longer fun and it feels like an obligation that I have to fulfill yeah because it's when it becomes work it like sucks the joy out of it right yeah and I never want to lose my joy in writing or creating because of this pressure I feel to like keep up mm-hmm. and that's like the struggle that I still go through is like I still don't understand I still struggle with the line of like maintaining my joy maintaining my authenticity but also like sometimes partnering with brands because there are brands like that I do want to partner yeah. with like if they reach out I'm like I genuinely love you like mm-hmm. I wear yeah, you yeah, absolutely. Yeah. like why not so I think that that line is hard to sort of like draw sometimes um, but for me personally, I definitely resonate with this idea of like it being an obligation, yeah. right. no longer fun. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that it's one thing to partner with brands that you're genuinely excited about and that you would purchase and work, uh, work with like, you know, with wasn't a collaboration. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, it blurs the line more when I see influencers just partnering with brands just to partner yeah. with yeah. brands. Right. And I think it, it, it really shows in your content too. If mm-hmm. you like actually believe in the product, then you'll like actually want to do well mm-hmm. you know and yeah. and it's like you also do yourself a favor like you don't feel fake when you're posting yeah. it like I feel like every time not that it's happened a lot because I don't get as much um brands reaching out to me but but when it does like I feel like in the beginning when I just said yes to everything I kind of felt pain when I like posted it because like it's really hard for me to like not be genuine and I knew at that moment when I posted Mm -hmm. it and like even just writing the the caption for it I'm just like like get this yeah yeah and it just feels it comes out it comes across very fake and I feel like people can see that yeah Yeah. yeah. and then it deteriorates from your image and like your brand right right um, so actually, one of my good friends, Nick, he works in uh, ad sales and he works with influencers. He actually said that um, when you are posting as an influencer and you're creating original mm-hmm. content, you're constantly building trust in your relationship yes. with your followers. Mm-hmm. And so every time you do a collaboration or something that doesn't feel authentic, it's like cashing in on that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's a trade off and it feels like you lose a little bit of that trust and authenticity with them. Absolutely. That's yeah. so true because oftentimes we think of like, Instagram and you look at the number right you, you so fixate on who's following you how many people is following are following you but then you fail to realize or recognize that those numbers are people well generally right mm-hmm. some of them are bots we know that but typically like those are people who make the conscious choice to click follow yeah. and like yeah. we do have a, I mean I see it as a responsibility to 
share things that are true, right, mm-hmm. and authentic. And if I am partnering with a brand, it needs to be aligned to like what I believe is right. Yeah, Absolutely. because at the end yeah. of the day, we are also a brand, right? Like yeah. we have to stay true to like our mission statement and who we are, and like why x number of people have followed us in the first place i think that's how we think but i don't think that's how everyone thinks yeah. have you ever taken a brand uh, sponsorship uh and after you did it you were like yeah this is like i don't really, like i mean maybe you can talk about that experience and like how you came to how did you feel after and like what was your decision i mean like how did that influence you to where you are today where you were like i'm just no longer I'm gonna done. do this yeah. right so uh because that's a big step to be like I quit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, can I use names here? Like, I'm like, I mean, well, you can spill the tea. It's called tea talk. It's called tea talk for a reason. All right. Okay. Well, um, so when I was a little baby influencer, so maybe like oh, a thousand. Like, yeah. Like yeah, no, no. Maybe influencer, maybe like a thousand followers. Yeah. I remember looking up to all these girls who worked with Daniel Wellington, mm. and it was like kind of just a stamp of approval because mm. they only accept people with a certain level of following and engagement. They're pretty selective with who yeah. they choose to partner with. So being able to work with them felt like such an accomplishment Mm -hmm. and then when I started working with them I quickly realized that not only are these unpaid collaborations but you don't get anything from like there's no affiliate links um so those discount codes that are personalized you don't get anything from that oh wow yeah it's literally using you right it's just giving you a free watch it's just giving you a free watch and um (laughs) exactly free product for post is not a good thing. No. And it's also to the point where, you know, the first collaboration I did with them was maybe like four posts over four months in a for a watch? For a watch. Get out. Okay, that is the prime Please. example if you're an influencer of a brand taking advantage of you. Right. Because that is literal hours and so much that many of your resources. Enrages me. And right. they're literally not doing anything but giving you a product. Exactly. That's the bare minimum yeah. a brand can do. Exactly. Exactly. And so after working with them, I just felt very disillusioned. This yeah. is what I had like worked towards as yes. an aspiring influencer and I felt really let down. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. when I decided. I was like I just don't think I can do this anymore and take on collaborations if I'm not truly passionate about it but also just with brands who don't recognize the value in mm-hmm. their influencers. Mm-hmm. So at this point now that you've had that experience of like really being an influencer, creating content, getting those brand partners and sponsorships, when you came out with this like essay, right? <laughs> saying like I quit, how has that how has that shifted what you do now on your Instagram? Right. Um, honestly, it's been so beneficial for me. I feel like I use my Instagram to share personal content. So things that are going on in my life just as ways to like update people that mm-hmm. I love. Um, also I just post things without really thinking about engagement anymore. I really just post things because I think it's pretty or, yeah, you yeah. know, just cause I want it on my feed and I don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, is this going to get the amount of likes I will need or are people going to like think this is contrasting for my brand? Like it's just very freeing to mm-hmm. post whatever you want to, whenever you want to, and just have that be true to yourself. Do you still use hashtags? I do use hashtags sometimes, but okay. pretty rarely. Rarely? Yeah. Okay. I think hashtags are, like, the bane of my existence. Like, <laughs> oh, well, I never, ever, ever know what... I had, like... I think for every single picture, I had, like, just a ready-made, like, block of hashtags mm-hmm. that I would just copy and paste to yeah. every single one. I'm just like, I don't 
really know how this works, but <laughs> yeah. And while we're on the subject, Instagram, Instagram, if you're listening, I got zero impressions from the hashtags <laughs> yesterday. So why do I even do them? Yeah, seriously, can't win with the algorithm. It man. J- it just feels like you're constantly fighting with the algorithm. Yeah. yeah, honestly. And it's almost like, why am I stressing about something that literally does Doesn't not matter? Not right. Matter. Like if, yeah. like I always think about this. I'm like, if it came down to my last day on earth, am I thinking about Instagram hashtags? hashtags who's liking my phone? I'm like. You sure bet I'm not. Hashtag last I, day. Yeah, so like, why am I even caring? Like, why do I put my energy in something that, like, I don't have yeah. control over? Mm-hmm. And so now I'm letting go, and I'm just, like, I'm posting when I want, mm-hmm. if I can. If I can't post, I don't have anything to post. I'm not going to post. Exactly. That's and a, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And I'm going to do the best I can, but I'm no longer going to be fighting this battle with something that's, like, literally out of my control. Right. And that's huge, too, is, like, not forcing your life to become content and, like, struggling to always create it, but just authentically creating it. And when you're in the mood or inspired doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that, because (laughs) as young... You're, you're a young girl. We, we kind of old. Me and Stacey on the other end. <laughs> JK. We're like different generations. I know. We're like, when I was your age. Um, but so now... My back actually hurts all the time, though. Y'all, if you follow me on Instagram, though, my ankle gave out the other day because I was running on the treadmill. That's I remember old. that. That's age. You know you're getting old when your ankle literally gives out. Like, uh. I, I couldn't even save myself. It was like... <laughs> no. It was so bad. Well, was the rest of you okay? No. Like, my no. chin... My, no. my chin hit the treadmill to stop oh, no. the button. Oh, my God. And I legit... You know, you see those memes on Instagram where it's, like, people working out, and it's like, let's make fun of them because they don't know what they're doing. That I was, was like, you? if somebody watched me, they'd be like, that girl does not know how to run. Like, oh, no. <laughs> and it was literally just because my ankle gave out because I'm getting old, okay? This is why I don't run. <laughs> I literally am like, oh, I'm, I don't think this is for me anymore. Um, anyway, so what, what I was thinking of, of my next question was, um, as people who are like in this, I mean, we're millennials, right? And mm. there's this pressure to have a side hustle or just keep like building something beyond your job, right? And like doing, I don't know, there's this pressure to keep being more than I think than we really are. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. there's this pressure to like I think just more. like everything we do, we feel feel like we have to make it a hustle we have to Mm -hmm. make it like oh I'm gonna like yeah Yeah. we have to like make it a business we have to make money from this we have to like gain fall like some things there's always like a motive behind what we're doing and I feel like a lot of us we forget that we can just do things for fun absolutely (laughs) so what are your thoughts on that like especially people maybe your friends do you feel like that's a universal pressure people feel or do you feel like that's something that we just feel (laughs) no I think it's definitely universal I mean especially among millennials I feel like everything that we're doing is for a specific purpose uh, like to increase our productivity Mm -hmm. it's it's like all the hobbies that we had like photography or doing blogging those have all been affected by this pressure to monetize and make it a hustle and I think it's you know for a lot of different reasons I think situationally like we're paying off student loans you know we're trying to like pay off our rent and um but it's sad I think that millennials have lost hobbies just doing things for fun yes and it's funny that you say that because the reason why I started blogging and writing was because I didn't have hobbies back in what was it 2017 when I started I felt like all I had was my work and all I did was work all day and mm-hmm. I was like if somebody asked me what do I do for fun I don't have an answer because all I do is legitimately work so I wanted to have something that was purely for myself purely because I just found joy in it mm-hmm. and now it's, it's like become a second job yeah it's become a second job and it's like I don't it's want annoying, that yeah. I really want yeah. it to be fun 
And I want it just because it's like, it just allows me to like be creative. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people find it really hard to actually just like let go and be like, I'm just doing this purely for fun because I think we are caught up in that like being like we have to be productive every single second, every single mm-hmm. minute of our lives or else we're wasting time. Yeah. Yeah. I totally That's agree. That's so sad. Yeah. Bring hobbies back. <laughs> Definitely. Seriously. Okay, so now that you're not a micro-influencer, mm-hmm. what would you say like what are your hobbies? Like what are you yeah. doing outside? What have yeah. you been using your free time for? Well, free mental capacity. Oh, and that's probably, like, lifted a huge yeah. pressure off mm-hmm. you. Definitely. Uh, well, I've been tr- trying to read more. Just, mm. like, reading just to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been cooking more. Honestly, I've been watching a lot of anime. And, like, I'm not ashamed to say that. Hey! <laughs> that's been great. <laughs> yeah, Me too. <laughs> really, yeah. At the beginning of this year, I kind of just reset and was like, okay, what are things that really just make me happy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, at a kind of evoke childlike joy and I was like honestly anime like (laughs) yeah yeah, I think that it's hard because we it's so exciting when we are passionate about something and we have a hobby and someone is like okay we're gonna pay you for it Mm -hmm. and it's like wow what a dream but I think that we have to consciously defend our hobbies now and Mm -hmm. really make the space for them yeah yeah I agree like you have to consciously make boundaries for those things Mm -hmm. and be like if this makes me feel this way, like, I'm just going to say no. Or, like, I, I have to do that, too. Like, if I feel like I am pressured to do this or I have to do this, then I'm going to not because that's no longer fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's literally been the story of my life. Like, when I went to college and I was, like, choosing a major, I'm like, okay, what do I love to do? Because I feel like everyone told me, like, oh, do what you love. Then you'll never have to work a day in your life. And I've so I chose it. art. And now I hate art. Oh. And I never drew again. <laughs> but, and then and then I was like, okay, well, now I don't like art. What else do I like? I love cooking. I, like, would spend most of my days, like, watching the cooking channel. I would watch, like, every single cooking show, read articles about, like, scientific art. I'm not a science person. Scientific articles about, like, the different cooking processes mm-hmm. and everything. And then I enrolled in culinary school, which was amazing. But then it came to the time where I had to find a job. In the, in the culinary field. And then... Now I barely cook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because your hobbies became, like... A job. Work. Yeah, a yeah. job. So then you lost interest. It Yeah, it, like, sucked the joy out of it, you yeah. know? Because yeah. it's like... I don't want to... I don't like being forced to do anything. I would make a terrible employee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like to be forced to do anything. So, like... When I like to do things when I want to do it, and then, yeah, and then even Instagram now, like I'm barely on it anymore because I got burnt out from like collabs and like being obsessed with the numbers, yeah, yeah. and, and like so, liking other people's yeah. photos, oh, yeah. commenting, and like having to keep up. The other day, there was this chain that was going around. I don't know if you got it, but it was no, like, it was follow this uh, follower loop <gasps> yes. and um, you'll get thousands get of followers. All you have to do is put your name at the top of the list. I ignored it. And it was like crazy because for a second I fell into it because I saw some names um. that I was like, oh, I respect them. If they do it, I should do it. <laughs> and then I was like, this is so stinking ridiculous. Like, yeah. why am I even putting my energy in getting followers? Yeah. Like, this is like... Also, like, following like, people that you don't yeah. really want to follow. And like, first of all, yeah. it's just like against how I really feel about, mm. like, just you know, organic and authentic growth and all of that. So I just caught myself and I was like, this is the dark side that I want to get out of. Like, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. 
And I felt guilty that I even, like, you know, like, sent that message to, like, a couple people. And I was like, this feels icky. Yeah. Yeah, I ignored that. So um, what do you do for fun now? What do I do for fun? Yeah. I legitimately, I'm by myself. <laughs> My fun is being by myself, journaling, listening to music. Um, I meditate, well, not meditate. I, I don't know what to call it because I lay on my floor <laughs> yeah. like on a like a foam roller and I just like chill out like I literally am just like one with my thoughts and like and I guess it's meditation yeah um but I also meditation looks different for everyone yeah mm-hmm. and then like my fun is like moving every day so like at some point like I will fall off the treadmill yeah fall off the treadmill yeah. um I'm clearly an Instagram uh fitness influencer if you don't know Follow me for fitness tips. Um, <laughs> you want to learn how to fall on a treadmill? I got you. Um, but yeah, so I... I Emergency like, break. And it was with my chin. It was like... <laughs> it was so embarrassing. The man next to me, I was like, oh my God, I swear to God, this guy thinks I'm like... The, and the funny thing is after... I would stop and be like, are you okay? Yo, I had to play it off like I meant to do that. I was like... <laughs> and then like um, and the guy after when he got off uh-huh. he made eye contact with me and smiled at me and I was like I hope that wasn't like a sympathy thing like, like yeah like I <laughs> saw you girl you can't hide that and I was like <laughs> I saw that it was so embarrassing anyways um, I so like moving so uh-huh. whether it's like yoga or like I love a good like workout class like mm-hmm. Zumba um, Zumba's fun there's this class called uh, I have no rhythm I can't even remember but it's oh my gosh there's a name but anyways it's at 24 hour fitness so there's like a and it's all like these local OC housewife moms SLT I don't know but anyway so it's like I love group fitness classes and just like just that like literally that's it like and I cook I cook you guys see that though yeah cooking with Alyssa tune in next week (laughs) I do love cooking though it's so much fun and like that's my joy and people are like why don't you create content for that I'm like because I don't want to yeah exactly like I'll film me cooking but it's like this like the quality is really low. I'm just like I'm That's literally another, just like hey, yeah. everyone, I'm chopping onions. Like it's nothing. That's like, another reason crazy. why I never like cooked on social media because I could actually like legit cook on social media and like write recipes because I actually really love creating recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that the second I do that, You're I will lose your joy. Never turn on the stove ever again. Yeah. I, yeah, and I think that there has to be a line yeah. that we draw between, like, things that we just do for fun mm-hmm. and do for us without the pressure of, like, making it into a hustle yeah. or monetizing it or, you know, building a brand or business. Like, you can literally do things just because you enjoy it. Definitely. Um, okay, I great. started watching anime, too, by the way, if you guys <laughs> were interested. That's yeah, <laughs> the you last few months. That's definitely. We, you can talk to us after about what anime to watch. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you after about okay. what you watch. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't contribute to that, y'all. I don't even watch We're going to make her a wee by I the didn't even know how to turn on my TV, okay? So this is, dude, that's, that's, that's actually real. a real story. That's so. actually a real Okay, so let's. There's a lot of young people out there who see influencers. At, this is a job now. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, when I grow mm-hmm. up, I want to be I a be YouTuber insane. or Influence. an influencer. Oh so if there was somebody who came to you and said, like, I want to be that, what advice would you give them? 
Right. So actually, <laughs> this has actually happened to me where um, I was yeah. actually recognized at church. <laughs> what? Yeah. At church? Yeah, too? at church. It was a new church that I was visiting, and this girl came up to me and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I follow you." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, wait, what?" <laughs> but she she was like, "Oh, like I like I want to be like you." Like she actually said that she wanted to be like me mm. and posting stuff on Instagram. How did that make you feel? Very conflicted. <laughs> like yeah. first of all, I was still stunned that someone yeah, had recognized yeah. me right. at church. But um I was just kind of like, okay, I to her face, I was like, oh, like great. But um that's also why I wrote this article because mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. people to know that there's so much more behind the scenes that people aren't seeing. So it looks glamorous. But, like, the trajectory of, like, trying to get there is so difficult. Like, Mm -hmm. we really don't see, like, how much work goes into trying to grow an account and, like, you know, analyzing engagement rates or, you know, taking all these unpaid collaborations. Right. It's it's a difference between... The groan in this room. I know. We were all, like, (laughs) Exactly. I think there's a difference between people who, like, you know, just spontaneously blow up and become influencers and people who are really putting in the effort to Mm -hmm. try to get there. Um, And so for anyone who's aspiring to do that, I mean... Definitely no shame in, like, wanting to do that, but I just hope you educate yourself on, like, what the reality is behind the scenes. And, like, do it with the right intention. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I mean, do it because yeah. you want to get free stuff. Like, that shouldn't be the why. Like, your why. The free stuff isn't worth it. It's not. It's not worth it. it also, also, nothing is free. It's actually not free. You're working for it. Yeah. Exactly. And you, you not Economy. only sell yourself short, but you Economics. also contribute to brands furthering like taking advantage of yeah. people exactly and like that's what i'm not okay with like that's why i mean i wrote a couple articles too mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. yeah of like making sure that you are advocating for yourself and if you do choose like sponsorships and partnerships like at least know or like at least um advocate for yourself right and exactly. yeah. and not just accept it just because but like be smart about the way that you are accepting brands and if you're an influencer having an influencer community is so important for this reason to be able to like talk with Mm -hmm. other influencers about rates and what's right to charge or you know how to advocate for yourself that's so important Mm -hmm. um i think it's important that influencers band together really and like set limits and standards with brands yeah yeah okay but now that you're studying it and you're going to potentially be on the other side right Mm -hmm. like what how has that changed maybe your mindset about this industry now that you're like studying it and like right really diving into the academics of PR and digital marketing yeah I think that studying it has and like being further removed has been healthy for me Mm -hmm. just because I can analyze it and not be so personally affected by it um so that's been good it's been really interesting just seeing how Influencer relations is becoming such a big thing now, and yeah. more and more brands are taking it on. Um, one of my PR professors said, you know, influencer relations is the new media relations. Wow. And it's so new. Exactly. It's so new. And everyone keeps asking, you know, the influencer bubble is going to burst, but uh, pretty much everyone in my program has said it's here to stay. Like, this is a big thing mm-hmm. that everyone's jumping on, and it's kind of scary to tread those waters and be a pioneer in this field. Yeah. But it's also very brave. So, honestly, yeah. anyone who's doing this, it's... I. It's respectable, for sure. Cool. And what do you hope to do with, like, this degree? Like, where do you see yourself, like, post-USC, <laughs> post-micro-influencing world? Yeah, I'm hoping to work in digital strategy. Okay. So, um, probably for some company, um, maybe digital marketing consulting. So, you know, I'm honestly very open. Um, right now, I'm working in influencer relations for Milk. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um I'm enjoying learning more about that. I think I'm wearing their primer today. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. So it's cool to be on the back end. Not (laughs) sponsored. Yeah. That's awesome. And then people who are in your program, do you, 
are they also fellow influencers or do you feel like most people are kind of like just interested in it and not pursuing the Oh, good question. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm one of maybe two people who are Im- interested in influence relations because oh. even in my program, you know, digital strategy and strategic PR, mm-hmm. it's everyone there is, you know, in sports or entertainment oh, PR okay. or corporate. Okay. And so even within that field, it's still very daring to be able to say, okay, I want to work in influence wow. relations. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's exciting too. Yeah. Do you feel like the influencer industry is still not like treated as a legitimate industry because I'm always afraid of like telling people I have a blog for mm. fear that they're gonna be like oh God, judging you yeah, yeah she's one of those but it's like I genuinely don't want to be one of those like I, yeah no I, like want to do good you know I, I hated being called an influencer and yeah. I still kind of do because of the connotation that it brings yeah. and I think we we want to flip the script and we kind of want to redefine what it means to be one so yeah yeah Absolutely. I feel like I definitely get mixed responses to what I'm studying. And, mm-hmm. you know, even just being on Instagram, I feel like half of the people are like, oh, influencers. Because mm-hmm. there is such a stigma mm-hmm. attached yeah, for to sure. it. And I think that it's still kind of disregarded by many people just as being something very superficial. Or, um, But then there's another half of people who are very interested in like learning about you know, the psychology of it mm-hmm. and the, the implications, but also how it's taking over marketing and becoming the way to market anything. Yeah. Yeah. Have there been, like, new insights that you've learned as a student studying it that, like, gave you a new perspective, like, to what you experienced as an influencer? You're like, oh, wow, that was actually what I, like, that was me, but now I'm studying it from the outside? Like, (laughs) any moments like that? Oh, Inception. Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, so this is also through working, work experience, Mm -hmm. but um, brands have some pretty nifty tools for seeking you out and oh, oh let's share more I'm right really, like, so interested in that yeah. like how do people find you yeah so honestly um so tip for you know any influencers in the audience right now <laughs> um brands know um when you tag them in something so like literally anything like it's not like someone's manually going through their mm. account but they have like platforms so anytime you tag a brand they can see all of it together wow. so mm. um anytime you tag in a story in a tweet in a facebook post it's all collected in an account um so it's very visible and they can track you know how many times you've done that how often you know what kind of quality posts you're doing and so it's crazy the information that they have on you and that informs how they reach out to you. Wow. That's kind of scary because every time you post a photo, well, I post a photo, I tag, like, the brands I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. And you kind of, I always have had that thought of, like, who is seeing this? And, like, where is this data being stored? Because ultimately I know that, like, there is some tracking Mm -hmm. because I'm, like, tagging your brand, right? So it's really interesting to hear, like, the other side is that you do exist in some sort of, like, (laughs) you know, like, they know or they, it might just be a machine or whatever. So we do have stalkers. Right. Yeah. So even if you're tagging, like, a big brand, like, yeah. Sephora or something, like, they know. I'm yeah. sure that they Is that know. how, like... I'm tagging Sephora in every picture now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how they reach out, that they, like, actually look at who's, like, in- engaging with the brand? Right. And then... So, um, basically, the brand that I'm working for, mm-hmm. um, they like to find people who have an authentic love of the product. Right. So people who aren't... They're not just paying people to do it. It's just people who have tagged them and stuff before and shown that they like it. Um, mm. So that's how they track it. Is just really who's been tagging, who's been talking about them. And, um, yeah, I think another insight is just recognizing the power you have as a micro-influencer. Mm. Just really, um, I know that there's some really, really big accounts out there, but 
just like the demographics of their audience is just not really what a brand is looking for. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, a girl who has 70K followers, but like 99% of them are like male, like a okay. beauty brand is not going to reach out yeah. to them. so true. Yeah. Right. So like having maybe an account with like 5,000 followers, but having them be like young girls, that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And that is real influence right there. Yeah, that's why she has so many brands mm-hmm. following or like brand sponsored posts. I think it's interesting because I've been trying to analyze my own like, <laughs> my own like work and because I'm like whoa like how did they find me and I think well there is like there is a reason why that I'm working with certain brands mm-hmm. it's because I tag them mm-hmm. so because I actually wear them exactly and I typically like I don't partner with a brand unless like I legitimately like like them yeah like I just don't work with you unless I'm like oh I, I, that's cute and it fits my style or like I use you already so it yeah. makes sense um, but that's a really interesting just insight that mm-hmm. like I would have never known that there really is like this other world. Yeah. yeah. To anything else that you feel like, even as like I don't like this is like cool for us to hear as mm-hmm. like influencers or people. Yeah, it's who like work it's like brands. lifting the veil. Yeah. To like the actual industry, like industry secrets. Yeah. Um. Let me think about besides that. I mean. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I got one. When you ask for a budget and you go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, are you able to offer compensation? Do you think brands are lying when they say, like, no at this time? Or do you feel like, like, what's, how do you, like, what's your thoughts on that when brands are like, no, we can't pay you? Some of them are definitely lying. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah. straight off the bat because I've actually had, um, like, interactions with brands where we've asked for a budget and mm. then they'll offer it to someone else. So <gasps> that's shady. And also Hold influencers up. talk. So you guys should do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, if I see someone else working with a brand that, like, reached out to me I always reach out like hey and that happened actually one of my girlfriends worked with the same shoe company that I did Mm -hmm. and I was like oh hey I noticed that you're working with them like did they pay you and she was like no and I was like girl I was like I got them to pay for my blog post and so I was like that's crazy to me yeah is that like they're really playing people like really playing people absolutely and it really does um for example the company that I work with the watch company yeah exactly <laughs> um it really depends on who is assigned to your case oh, and okay. also just how much you negotiate with them That's so, true. so it, like really you have to advocate for yourself and be able to hold your ground too and know when to walk away from something. Um, there are some brands, especially like small ethical and sustainable companies yeah. who don't have a budget and mm-hmm. that's true. And they will walk away from offers because of that. But, um, there are definitely a lot of big brands lying to you. They yeah. definitely have the budget for it. And if you think that they might, you should absolutely ask about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good insight. Cause I'm, I always ask regardless if it's mm-hmm. something that it's somebody I actually am interested in because Again, if you don't ask, like, that's an automatic no. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Plus, you have to yeah. know your worth. Exactly. And, like, I just, knowing the industry, I'm like, I won't allow you to, like, play me like that. Because it's yeah. like, I'm creating content for you. Self-respect, too. Yeah, like, it's like knowing hello. your worth and knowing, like, you deserve to be paid. Exactly. And so I want more influencers to be able to advocate for that because it's the sad reality is that if you're not taking an offer, like someone's going to take that low ball offer. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, you band together, you know, hopefully you can be able to set standards for brands. Exactly. Okay. So let's say you're like, you know, post-grad and you're working for a brand and you're Mm -hmm. maybe doing what you're already doing, working with, you know, influencers. And are you going to be an advocate of influencers? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is that your mindset? Like, if someone asks you to be like, yes, that's what I want. Because I feel like there's that, you have that mindset because you you generally, like, were an influencer and you mm-hmm. want other people to, like, succeed. But then also on the brand side, like, isn't it more beneficial for them to not have 
to pay you. So like, exactly. what are, like, how are you going to navigate that? Are exactly. you, you know, if you're on the brand side, it's really hard. I really <laughs> don't want to be in that position. <laughs> but you're going to be, I know yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's Ex- going to be your job. Exactly. Um, I would like to be an advocate for influencers because I do believe that, you know, it's, it's work, it's work it and you deserve work. to be paid for your work. Um, so I would hope to do that, um, or at least write a few more articles. Yes! (laughs) That's why we need her in the industry, because we, like, I think that it's important that the people who go into those roles... She's our rep. Yes. Right? And we need some more Asian representation, so, you know. It's true. Like, that's so, like, for me, that's actually one of my, uh, like, what really inspires me is, like, just knowing that, like, there's not enough representation of Asian faces and voices right. in social in just media, right? Mm-hmm. And so with social media, we can do that. Like the cool thing is that we literally get to create our own platform. Which is why we're here today. Which is why we have this podcast and we have our Instagram. Like mm-hmm. for me, part of like my motivation is to do to like be the voice and the face that like I never saw growing up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so like I think it's so cool to like have more people like you actually in those spaces mm-hmm. because it's not just that we need influencers that look like us, we need people who are working on the other side too. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So hopefully I can make a small change if anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it starts it starts like with these little yeah. like little step by deposits. Step. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually do think the article was like a little jab in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of responses from it. And I think that's why it blew up so quickly because mm-hmm. You said the things that people were afraid to say. Yeah. You're like, think you said all the things that we're thinking, but yeah. like, we weren't able to articulate so beautifully. Thank <laughs> you. That's awesome. So at this point, like, what do you think is like your next step? I mean, you're still in school. How many more years do you have? Yeah. So I have another year and a half of school. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm just hoping to get a job, probably something, and I'll probably work a nine to five job for a while. Um, I still want to create content, but, you know, authentically and at my own pace Mm -hmm. and things that genuinely inspire me and hopefully also, also like making the space for hobbies and things that I'm doing (laughs) just for fun and defending those. Yeah. I love that so much. I love hobbies. I think my whole life is a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) It was so refreshing to have this conversation though, because I think I was getting so caught up in that, like mindset of like having to hustle hustle, hustle. yes and like Mm -hmm. having to create content just to create content having to partner with brands and it's like whoa slow down like Mm -hmm. that's not fun and like two does does that feel aligned to your mission no so like going back to like why I started and making sure that I check in with myself mm-hmm. whenever I feel pressure. Exactly. And, you know, social media can be so toxic at some points. Oh, yeah. um, so I think it's just important to check in with yourself and really remind yourself of why you're on the platform. And for me, and I think for you guys mm-hmm. as well, it's about community and really getting to know people and creating really authentic friendships. And so I think that that's the main reason I'm still here. And that's why I decided to maintain my personal account mm-hmm. um, and why I'm also not focusing on collaborations anymore. Yeah. 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 I think it's like, super great. brave of you to like yeah. do that and then awesome that you are like holding firm to like the, your boundaries that you're setting for yourself because that's really hard to do. It's <laughs> like outwardly like, stated. Temptation gets the best of you too. You're just like, oh, but it's 100%. free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is super insightful for me. I like just to hear your own perspective and also to finally meet you. Yes. <laughs> um, and so we always want to give our guests a chance to like plug themselves. And I know you're like not trying to like <laughs> do the whole influencer thing, but it'd be cool if your audience like it's still... like follow me or don't. I don't yeah. Know. yeah but, like, I mean, <laughs> okay. So if you want to connect with Emily, how do they do that? 
yeah so if you want to connect with me my instagram is emily aung um we'll put I'm, it right here on her face <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'd love for you to just drop by say hello um yeah it's e-m-i-l-y-a-e-y-o-u-n-g <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> and so if you are listening you're tuning in on youtube just we want to say again thank you so much and one of our favorite things that you do is when you tag us in your stories and let us know that you're listening we love seeing who you are and what your thoughts are so if you do that be sure to tag us so that we know uh, who you are we also you. have instagram <laughs> mine is stclu and mine is always Alyssa marie and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.